You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. It's not your mama's Christine Podcast. Welcome everybody to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Christian Podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I am your host, Shane, here with my brother, Eric. Some people might listen to that intro and be like, you know what, that was a pretty clever intro. You know why you will think that? Because I thought of it no, all No, you did not. Because you were thinking about an intro. I was like, well, we're talking about friendships. Why don't you do the the song from Toy Story? Yeah, and you went, oh, yeah, it's a good idea. I said, yeah, I know. But you still wouldn't have done it as well as I did it. There is a video on YouTube. <laughs> if you look hard enough, there's a video on YouTube of Shane singing that song. Dressed up as Woody. <laughs> Look hard enough. You might only have to type in Shane Balancing on YouTube and it may come oh up. Oh, my goodness. It's The Voice. I think it's on YouTube, right? Uh, it's something where we did a parody on The Voice for a youth retreat. So uh, if you want some gold. Oh, crap. I'm in yeah, that, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. In your attempt to embarrass me, you're also going to embarrass yourself. Oh, no. I forgot. I was in it. In that same video... You are in it rapping uh, You're Welcome from Moana. Yeah, because I have kids and I'm obviously very good at it. Yeah. Um, let's see. What, I, I typed in your name, Shane. I'm not seeing it right up front. I do <laughs> see some videos with you and me in it. Um, but anyways, uh, maybe we'll just post it. Yeah. On, on, oh, no. Well, no. <laughs> why would we do that? Because the people are going to look. They want it. I, I give the people what they want, right? Yeah, that's I what guess so. that's what I'm thinking. So, um, well, today we're talking about friendships. We have a, a great interview mm-hmm. today. But um, Shane, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, have you ever been influenced by friends do something and regretted it? Well, um, Topper, ex-host, RIP, pouring out. Pouring out. Um, he can he can get me to do almost anything. Um, he he's an instigator and uh, and a guy who's who's who can get in my ear yeah. and uh, like behind the scenes like we're in a group of friends and he can like whisper something into my ear and I'm like oh you think so it. you think that'd be funny <laughs> think I'd, would I, would that entertain you and then I'll do it but um but for, but he's fortunately he's a good guy so I don't have to worry about him really leading me astray too bad he just gets me to embarrass myself sometimes but honestly throughout my life and like as a kid there's not been very many times where. I have really listened to bad friendships or bad people. And why is that? I've never really liked getting in trouble. <laughs> you're you're terrified of getting in trouble. I've all I was always <laughs> uh I was always a goody two shoe growing up, I'll admit it. And uh like for example, we're in fifth grade <laughs> and I don't even remember this kid's name at this point. Yeah. But we're in fifth grade, he come we're at school and he uh this guy who's a friend of mine brought a picture, a naked picture of Pamela Anderson yeah. to school and showed me. And nice. Was, yeah, I was like, I was like, hey Shane, look at this. Showed me. And I literally went, oh, I'm gonna tell my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, No, don't do that. And I said, I am. And I went home. What an idiot. You're and a I jerk. went home and I told my told mom and dad about it. Do you know what they did? What? They laughed. <laughs> they laughed at me. Now they were happy that I did that, but they could not believe <laughs> that a kid showed me See, a naked picture mom, in fifth grade. I got something to tell you. Yeah, and I was like, "Aren't you going to do something about this?" She was like, "No." <laughs> like, so no, it, it it hadn't really happened to me too many times because I was I always wanted to do what was right. I was um I there was a couple times I got in trouble because of friend. Well, one time I got in trouble. This and none of this is really even that that 
wild anyways. One time I got in trouble because of uh, a friend, and one time I almost did if I did not leave. So one time um, a bunch of us had I- had an idea to go play paintball. We were really into paintball at the time. We wanted to play paintball at a school. It was at night, so we went to the school, and we decided, all right, one get on one side, we're going to outside, we're just going to start playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you were not there, right? No. You wouldn't have done it anyways. Probably not. <laughs> um, we were probably I, remember, in, I remember hearing this story. Yeah, we were probably in high school, and I remember we were on top of the roof of the school shooting down yeah. and stuff. It was actually really fun. Yeah. Kids, I recommend doing <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but while we're doing it, we're shooting, um, all of a sudden, cops show up because... Were trespassing, and there were cameras and sensors. So if you were on there, they knew. <laughs> and there was people that called the school or called the cops because they heard gunfire being shot because it was in a neighborhood school. <laughs> so the paintball guns don't sound like I know, real but guns. we had some, I guess, some more powerful. I don't know. So they were, they were calling about gunfire. <laughs> so cops showed up, and they were like shining their lights, and one of them had a gun out, like because oh all they could see is that we had guns. Yeah, and. Um, Luckily, no one shot him. But when they did, I hid in the woods with a couple of friends of mine. And we're like, here's the thing. My car's up there. Yeah. Like, they're just going to stay there until I come get my car. Or they're going to tow it. Yeah. But it was mom and dad's car. So I eventually, let's just walk back and deal with it. And we walked back. And the cops were like, whose car is this? And it was mine or, or, or mom and dad's. And I was like, oh, it's mine. They're like, okay, because it's stolen. <laughs> and I was like, what? No, it's not. <sighs> and I came to find out that someone did steal that car like a month ago. And we got it back. Uh-huh. But it was still reported as stolen. Yeah. So they were they were they could have put me in for stealing a car, for trespassing, for vandalism, and Golly. for open open gun. But luckily they were all paintball fans. And so they just uh said they took our names down and they said, Come back and clean it up and if we get any reports from the school that there's stuff wrong, yeah. then um we're gonna call you and you'll be in trouble. But if not, you're fine. Wow. So Monday came and I was like, oh, please. please no, one call, no one called. And we never got a call. So we were wow. Fine. Wow. That's pretty crazy. I also used to live in a house with six, with five other dudes and it was a drug house and they would sell weed out of the, out of the house. Oh gosh. And, um, I stayed home from I work. remember, I remember you living in the house and being like, what are you doing? Yeah. I wanted to get out. And I remember I stayed home from school one day, not from school. I stayed home from work one day. And when I stayed there, I was like, um, I was I was like just hanging out and I kept seeing people one at a time coming in to buy drugs like mm-hmm. just buy like weed and pills and stuff um and so I was like I gotta get out of this house and I got out of the house and a month later the cops raided it oh my god arrested everybody in that house so you could have been in big trouble yeah I could have gotten arrested for weed and 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 I've never like I've never smoked weed in my life so like I I could have gotten arrested for weed Without ever smoking it, so like, at least let me do it. No, I get it that arrest me, but nope. Yeah, but yeah. So Jeez. yeah, I had. Um, but luckily, I. I you will, made I, a lot worse choices in your life than not me. many. I luckily I learned to create boundaries and yeah. to distance myself from some friends I knew weren't going on the same path, which is what we're talking about today, right, Shane? Yeah, yeah. So today we have an interview with uh, with a guy named Sean McBride, and Sean McBride was actually my teacher, my professor. Um, I I went to Washington Bible College uh, just outside of D.C. Uh, and I actually graduated Washington Bible. We talked about it a little bit in the interview, but Washington Bible College was bought out by Lancaster Bible College. But uh, uh, Sean McBride was my teacher. He taught me cross-cultural youth ministry, and it was a really, actually really interesting class. Yeah. And um, uh, there were, I actually had some things I wanted to ask him about that, but we didn't, we didn't quite get to it. Uh, so maybe we'll have to have him on again and talk about those sort of things. But he actually is, and I, and I know that he's on the podcast. He's going to listen to this, but um, I, 
he actually was like one of the best teachers that I had in oh, college. Shane still can't stop sucking up. I promise. To this day, I really mean it. <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm actually because you know Sean's listening right now. I know, but I actually am not just saying that. Like oh, I actually my, do mean it. What a suck up. I do mean it. <laughs> but I actually enjoyed his class a lot. I really did. But Sean is up to a lot of things now. He's doing some really cool things all over the country, which he tells about talks about at the end of the episode. But um, we wanted to thank Sean for joining us, and let's get to our interview with Sean McBride. And what, yeah, so we'll just we'll just jump right in. But uh, hey, Pastor Sean, so th- thanks so much for for joining us. And uh, and I know that um, uh, that obviously we you and I have a little bit of a relationship because you were my professor at school at at Washington Bible College uh, back in the day, yeah. which is no longer in existence, right? I know. Yeah. Well, they, they they're under now Lancaster Bible mm-hmm. College, but yeah, the old. Bible College is, is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seminary is still functioning under Lancaster Bible College as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad I'm glad that they kept that going. Yeah. You know, so much history, so much history there. Yeah. Well, and I actually have my degree is from Lancaster Bible College, and I never stepped foot on their campus <laughs> ever. Oh yeah, right, right. <laughs> by right. the time that I that I graduated, it, it had switched over. But um, we want to thank you so much for spending some time with us, and we're um we're reading. Oh, Eric, you Sean, yeah, Sean, I need to I need to ask, how was Shane as a student? Uh, he was the absolute worst. I mean, yeah. just F's, F's, and D's. And, He's not far off. You know, play, you know, plagiarism and yep. just not coming to class. I figured. No, no, I, I only, no, serious, I only have good memories about Shane, uh, just good interaction in the classroom. I, I, Shane, I think at that time you were working Mm-hmm. You know, I can't remember yeah, that's right. what youth ministry you were working in. Yeah, I, R- remind me. I was a, I was a youth pastor at a church in Ellicott City at the time, and it was a church yeah, that I, I, remember I, that. I actually stayed at for for ten years. So I was there. Yeah, I was there for for a good amount of time. But um, when I when I was oh, in your yeah. class, I think I was part time youth ministry, and so I would just gotcha. get into it. Yeah. Shane was always yeah. a really good suck up, and so I I assume. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? And wow. by the way, please call me Sean. <laughs> Y'all, y'all, y'all make me feel too important. Call me pastor. Please call me Sean. I appreciate it. I got you. I'm, I'm just going back to the classroom. <laughs> yeah. Is what I'm doing. <laughs> but uh, uh, Sean, you wrote a book uh, called "Beware of Bad Company: Avoiding Toxic Friendships" that came out uh, in 2013. You were saying, and uh, it's a really interesting yep. book and a really good book that talks about the importance of the relationships and the friendships that, that we've had. So, um, give us yep. some insight into why you wanted to write the book. What brought you to to the time where you decided to go in this direction? Great question, uh, Shane and Eric. So back in 2012, uh, I had been in uh, youth ministry probably at that time about 20 years or almost 20 years. And, uh, you know, I kept getting uh, questions around that time from parents. I was serving at a church in Stafford, Virginia, a pretty large mega church. And parents used to say to me, you know, what's the biggest issue that teenagers are facing today like what's like is it drugs 
Is it sexual immorality? Like, mm-hmm. like, like what's the biggest issue? And, you know, as I really thought through that question, you know, it became really, really clear to me based on 20 years of experience serving teenagers that the biggest issue wasn't drugs. It wasn't sex. It wasn't music. You know, it was friendship. Mm-hmm. It, it was like it, it was it, it was like a, a, an epiphany, like like a revelation, like, man, the biggest issue that kids seem to be facing today and even adults is is, you know, who's influencing me? Who am I connected to? Um, you, you know, I, I talk about in the book that, you know, Michael Jackson was one of the greatest entertainers that ever lived, mm-hmm. but he got connected with the wrong friend who ended up giving him too much drugs and subsequently was charged with his murder. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, you know, you know, you know, drugs come from people, yeah. <laughs> you know, they just don't, you know, exist in and of itself. And, and so I just started to think like, man, it's, it's kids, it's kids hanging around the wrong crowd, being influenced by the wrong people. And of course, because of social media and, you know, you can be connected to thousands of people that can really be bad company, whether it's Snapchat, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook. And so I started to think through that, started to look at different scriptures. You know, I I looked at like, uh, like, like Abraham and, you know, one of the greatest, you know, personalities in the Bible. And I saw so clearly how his whole ministry was almost ruined because he was connected to a family member named Lot. (laughs) Like like Mm -hmm. his whole ministry almost went down because of that connection. And and, and sometimes bad company is not just a friend at school or friend at college or coworker. Sometimes bad company is in your own family, in your own family. And so I started to think through this and said, you know what? I want to, I want to start writing about this. I want to, I want to expand this and really elaborate on you know, toxic friendships, toxic relationships, started looking at all these different scriptures about relationships. And after about, I would say, probably three months of just some intense research, man, I had a manuscript put together. Had a man, it was my, actually, my first book I wrote, my first book. Yep. Nice. Wow. Um, being, we've all done youth ministry and we've seen this over and over and over. And it's that desire for, acceptance that I feel like just draws people. But I've also seen in you and you mentioned it too, that we've just seen it in adults as well. We, I think we tend to think that this is just a youth group problem. Once we're out of school, we're, we don't need to worry about this problem, but man, right. it, it keeps right. going. And if we don't, we aren't intentional about finding, making sure we have the right company that we can go down past yeah. that, that we don't want to go down. So how do we, as adults, how do we become intentional yeah. about not being around bad company, whether it's your family? Like, what do we do to protect yeah. ourselves or make those boundaries? Boy, where do we start? So, you know, I was in Detroit speaking recently, and after the service, I was speaking on this subject. A 92-year-old woman came to me at the table, purchased a book. I signed the book. She said, Sean, I'm 92 years old. And I still deal with bad company. Wow. So I don't care. I don't care if you're 19 or 90, avoiding toxic friendships is so, it's so crucial. I mean, boy, you know, I I think, I I think, I think first and foremost, you you know, we, we, we have to be aware 
that no matter who we are, Christian, non-Christian, saved, unsaved, you know, that company can affect all of us. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it doesn't matter your faith, your, your race, your religion. We can be um, uh, uh, influenced by bad company. I, I'll never forget um, visiting a lady in the hospital uh, and, and they, they, they actually amputated her foot because her foot had a disease and it called gangrene. Mm. And I was talking to the doctor and he said, you know what, if we don't amputate the foot, then the gangrene is going to spread to the rest of her body and may kill her. And so he said, if we amputate the foot, we can save her life. And, and that's the idea I think about when it comes to toxic friendships, yeah. bad relationships, we have to do some amputation. I mean, we mm-hmm. got to go through our phone list. We got to go through our, the people that's on Snapchat and Facebook and the people in our lives. And we got to ask some real questions. You know, are you pulling me up? Or are mm-hmm. you pulling me down? Yeah. You know, are you, are, are, are you trying, are you in my life to help me or are you in my life to hurt me? You know, I discovered that, that it's interesting when God wants to bless a person, he does the exact same thing every single time. When God wants to bless a person, he sends into that person's life another person mm-hmm. because blessings come through people. But when the devil wants to destroy a person, you know what he does? He sends a person into their life. Yeah. God sends people. The devil sends people. We have to be able to have discernment to ask the question, what are you doing in my life? Yeah. Are you here to help me or hurt me? So, so I think we have to evaluate. I think we got to ask some tough questions. And, and, and it's hard. I mean, it's hard because you care about people. You love people. You, you know, you, you've known that person for 10 years, for 20 years. And so to amputate them, to mm-hmm. let them go, to get them out of your life, it's, 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 it's a very, very hard thing to do. But Abraham had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the, 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 you know, the principle is, the people that come into your life, they will do one or two things. They will affect you for good, affect, A-F-F-E-C-T, affect mm-hmm. you for good, or they will infect you for bad, infect you. Mm-hmm. They will affect you or infect you. So you got to discern the difference. Yeah, that's, that's really tough. And so how, how, what are some red flags that we can look for then in relationships that are toxic and, and relationships that are, that are infecting us and bringing us down? What are some of those signs where, because the, the, the crazy part is not everybody knows. You know, it, maybe it's yeah. somebody that we've grown up with our entire lives, and then all of a sudden we became a Christian. We, we want to change some things yeah. in our life. We think of, uh, of our dad. Um, he talks about this all yep. the time. He got saved when he was 30 years old, and we were just babies. And wow. he talks about having to, to cut off a lot of relationships and friendships that he had yeah. his entire yeah. life. So, but yeah. how do we know what, yeah. what are some red flags that we can look out for? Great question. Great question. Well, Proverbs twelve twenty six. I think it is Proverbs twelve twenty six says, a righteous man is cautious in friendships. Hmm. A righteous man is cautious. And, 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 I, and I think the reason that he's righteous and not ratchet <laughs> is, is, is because he's careful. Mm-hmm. He's discerning. He's, 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 he, 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 he's, he's evaluating because, because just because we say we're friends, you know, what does that really mean? Yeah. But one of the things 
that, that I talk about in the book is I ask the question, are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat? Hmm. So, so if you look at a thermometer, a thermometer is a device that basically you put it into an environment and the thermometer adjusts to whatever the environment says. If that environment is, let's say, 80 degrees, the thermometer is going to adjust. If the environment is 40 degrees, the thermometer is going to adjust. So, so if, if, if you are a thermometer, what that means is whatever environment you go into, you are adjusting, yeah. you are adjusting to that temperature. You are allowing that environment, those friends, those people to influence what you do, your thoughts, your actions, your words, your deeds. And so that's what it means to be a thermometer. But I think there's something better, and that is a thermostat. So, so I, I believe in our lives that we should be thermostats and not thermometers because a thermostat, if you look at it, mm-hmm. it sets the temperature. It yeah. sets the temperature for the entire environment. So what it, what it does is it goes into an environment and says, listen, here's what the temperature should be. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to come down to your level. You're going to come up to my level. And what's fascinating about a thermostat is something that you can't see. And I try to, I try to use this principle a thermostat is, is usually attached behind the wall with a wire. It's attached to a greater source called a compressor. Um, and it's usually on the roof or on the side of the building. And as long as that thermostat is connected to that greater power, it has so much influence to change an environment. And that's what I try to teach people is that as long as you stay connected to the Lord, as long as you stay connected to that greater source, he's going to use you as a thermostat to be able to affect your community rather than your community infecting you. Wow, yes. That's I love that's a great analogy. I love that analogy. Yeah. An analogy that we're gonna yeah. steal and use in a sermon at some point. <laughs> well 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 usually when I steal an analogy, I, I'll say like, okay, the first time I use this, hey, hey guys, let me tell you, Shane, mm-hmm. my friend Shane, yeah. hey, told me this analogy. The second time I use it, I say, Hey guys, I got a friend of mine who showed me this analogy. The third time I use it, I said, hey, guys, let me tell you this analogy I thought of. <laughs> so I'll give you credit the first two times. Yeah, yeah, that After good. that, it's mine. It's mine. <laughs> um, thinking back of t- in my life, all of the th- things that I regret in my life, it's either been because I've been around a group of people or I've allowed a group of people to influence me to make... Yeah. I still made the decisions, but... Yeah, it's. I've always found myself that either I was around a group that was taking me down a path I didn't want to go down, even though I had every intention yeah. not to go down that path, but I was, yeah. I was taken away from my source, like you said, and and because of it, they. I always think of the verse in Proverbs where walk the wise, you grow wise, pain of fools suffers yeah. harm. That you suffer when you hang out with fools. Um, yeah, but man, I I was trying to teach this to students and especially adults of you have to you have to find a way to those people that you know are hurting you and, and are not taking on the way you want to go, do you have to find a way to make those boundaries or it's, it's so yeah. hard and people want to, I think and pe- people don't want to do it because they want to feel like I need to love everybody. God tells me to love everybody. Yeah. How do we yeah. create ha- healthy boundaries where we're showing love, but we're also protecting yeah. ourselves from suffering harm. Like Proverbs says. Yeah, I like that verse. I think that's uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty that you mentioned. Yeah, uh, it says that if if you want to be wise, you got to walk with the wise. Mm-hmm. So 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 the principle is it, 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 whether it's wisdom, 
whether it's I want to grow in my academics, whether I want to grow financially, whether I want to grow in health, it has everything to do with who I'm connected to. If I want more wisdom, I got to hang around people that got more wisdom than me. If I want better health, I got to hang associate with more people that got better health than me. The, the, it's, it's the whole principle of, of being aware. It's, it's the principle of being self-aware of who you are and who you're dealing with. You know, it's interesting. My, my oldest son, uh, uh, he was a student at James Madison University in Virginia. That's where my and wife I'll never forget. From. <laughs> oh, hi, it's, it's a great school, great yeah. school. In fact, in fact, the first two years he was there, the football team went to the championship. Yep. So he got he got two he got two rings, which is great. Nice. So 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 he comes home to visit, and my wife noticed that he had a tick on him, and we're trying had a, actually had a couple of ticks on him. We're trying to figure out how did you get a tick? How do you get these ticks on you? And what we discovered was that our family dog, Bella, had been sleeping in his bed. Mm. So what was on the dog subsequently got on my son because of close proximity. Yeah. And so the principle is whatever spirit that is on your three closest friends, that is the same spirit that's going to get onto you for better or for worse. Yeah. So if, if, if those friends have a positive spirit, a kind spirit, a nice spirit, a gentle spirit, a humble spirit, then that spirit is eventually going to get on you because of close proximity. But if those friends are, are, are wicked and nasty and evil and profane and potty mouths and all of that, then eventually it's going to get on you. And that's why I say, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. Show me, Show me who you're hanging with. And I will show you where your life is headed. And, 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 so, and, so, the, and so, the, so, so, again, back to the principle is being aware of the people in your life. I believe that we need quality people in our lives. Yeah. We, need, we, we, need, we, need, we need people in our lives that's going to help us be better. People, people who will help multiply us. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a quality person. Yeah, that's, you know, that's good. Yeah, yeah, you know, versus people that divide us. There's a scripture in Proverbs 14, I think it is. It says, stay away from fools because you won't find knowledge on their lips. So, so how do I do it? I got to evaluate. You know, I got to evaluate. Do I got too many fools in my life? Mm-hmm. You know, do I got people in my life who are making foolish decisions and foolish choices and then trying to get me to come into that nonsense along with them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We, so we got to do a lot of evaluation, a whole lot of evaluation. Uh, yeah. I like that. And, and you know, we can all uh, look back in our life and see people who came into our lives and really changed us for the good and people who, who had a huge impact on us in a way that, that, that really affected our lives. So what are those signs that, because we've talked a lot about the bad signs and the things yeah. that, that aren't good. So what are, what are the, the good signs that, that of a healthy relationship? What does that look like? Man, that is man, that is good. So, so I'll give I'll give you an example from basketball. So, so LeBron James, of course, uh, started his career in Cleveland, and and after a certain amount of time, he just got so frustrated because he was losing and he never won a championship. So, I think it was in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. He goes on national television. He's a free agent. He goes on national television and says, "Listen." I'm taking my talents. I'm taking my talents to South Beach. Yeah. I I'm going to team up with Dwayne Wade. 
I'm going to team up with Chris Bosch. I'm going to I'm going to team up with Birdman. In, in other words, LeBron said, "You know what? If I'm going to win, I got to build a championship team around me. If, if, if I'm if, if I if I'm going to get to this next level, I have to bring into my life people that's going to help me be better." people who are smarter than me, that can play better than me. And so that's what we have to do in life. We have to build a championship team around us. You know, you can't win with, with second and third string people, you know, quality people, you know. So you got you to gotta pray and you got to be diligent in your search to say, okay, God, I need some quality people in my life. You know, give, give me discernment. To, 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 you know, to, to, to know if a person has good qualities that's going to help me and encourage me and lift me up and help take my life to the next level, give me the sermon to know if, if they're bad qualities. So I think we got to be on the offensive rather than on the defensive. I, I, I really believe we got to look for those people that's going to enhance our lives, those people that's going to help make us better. Those people is going to help make us stronger. So, so I, I really believe we got to be on the offensive when, when it comes to doing that. I think that's a great point. And I even even this past Sunday, I talked about um, having accountability partners. And after it was over, somebody said like, "How so how do you go about doing that?" And I was like, "Just find the people that you yeah. look up to, that you want to be like, yeah. that are further down the road, yeah. and say, hey, I I need an accountability. Like, be intentional. Don't just yeah. hope it happens yeah. and that person calls. I there's couple pastors that I meet with on a regular basis, once a month or once yeah. every other quarter, without a doubt. Yeah. When I meet with them, when I leave, I have another one scheduled um, just so yeah. I can make sure I'm around the people that I want to look like one day. I, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, that, yeah, go know, ahead. No, I was going to say, not to cut you off, that I'll never forget when I was 18, uh, I, I, I got engaged to my wife, uh, who's the, the, the girl who's now my wife, and and uh, we were dating, we got engaged, we ended up getting married at a very young age, at, at the age of 20. But I'll never forget, I had a good friend. His name was Zevianje Zinfukwe. And Zevianje, I said to him, I said, look, man, Michelle and I, we really want to be pure. We really want to, you know, wait until we get married to start having sexual activity. Mm-hmm. I said, now, look, I'm not a virgin. You know, before Christ, I was pretty promiscuous. But now that Christ is coming to my life, I'm really trying to do things the right way. So I said, Zebianje, I need you to help me. I need you to keep me accountable. He says, Sean, I got you, man. I got you, man. So here's what happened real quick. One day, uh, Michelle and I were at, our, were, were at my parents' house, and no one was home. So there was mm-hmm. a lot of temptation going on in that house. Yeah. Nobody was there, right? Mm-hmm. So just so happened my friend Zebianje is in the neighborhood, and he drives by my parents' house, and he notices my car. He notices Michelle's car, and he didn't see any other cars. So he comes to the, so we're sitting in the living room and he comes to the door and he knocks on the front door. Hey, Sean, are you in there? This is there. (laughs) I didn't get the door. I didn't answer the door. He goes to the side of the house, to the window. He knocks on the window. Hey, Sean, I see your car outside. Are you in there with Michelle? I didn't answer the door. I was so embarrassed. Mm. He goes to the back porch, starts knocking on the door on the back porch. Sean, are you in there? Then he starts quoting scriptures. Flee fornication. <laughs> Your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit you have of God. He's, he's quoting scriptures through the door. Wow. He goes all the way back around to the front of the house, 
knocking on the door. He says, Sean, I'm not leaving this house until you come outside. I was filled with so much conviction. I was filled with so much guilt. <laughs> I finally go to the front door. He grabs me and puts me in a bear hug. And he says, that's what friends are for. Wow. Zevianje helped me that day. He helped me maintain my purity. He challenged me. He kept me accountable. He knew the standard that I had for my life. And he was a good, he was what I call good company, which mm -hmm. is probably going to be another book one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. He was that's good company, awesome. man. He was good company. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really cool. I think that all of us would benefit from having somebody like that in, in our lives, <laughs> oh, yeah. which is, which is really cool. But, but, so, they, got, but they, they gotta be from Africa and their name has to, have to be <laughs> Zebionze Zimbukwe. That's a, that's a small pool of people. <laughs> so, and uh, I, and right. but yeah, I have one more question I want to get get for you, and then and then, we'll, then we'll get you out of here. And uh, so, if we talk so much about surrounding ourselves with good company as well as being yeah. aware of people bad company, I think that the last thing that we should think about is how then can we be the good company? How then can we yeah. lift somebody else up and and go out of our ways, uh, out of our way to make sure that we are that that healthy friend and not not the not that bad friend? Yeah, you know, I think as a Christian, I think it has everything to do with uh, who our ultimate model is, yes. and, and our ultimate model is Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus was the greatest communicator. He lived a perfect life. And I think if Jesus is our target, you know, rather than the guy down the street or mm -hmm. uh, the, the pastor at the church, you know, Jesus, you know, I believe that God's desire for every Christian is to help us to become more like his son, Jesus. Yeah. And so I think, I think it has a lot, a lot to do with being, being the right kind of person rather than doing mm -hmm. the right kind of things, you, you know, before you That's do, good. you have to be, you know, you know, Jesus even taught in the Sermon on the Mount, he gave all these, what we call beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are this, blessed are that. He talked a lot about being the right kind of people. And I think once we become the right kind of people, then we can start doing the right kind of things. And so yeah. as a Christian, for me, I got to spend time with Christ. I got to have quiet time. I, I got to, I got to get to know him more so that his life begins to shine through me so that people, when they see me, they see his life coming through me, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the gentleness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the, the, the meekness, the self-control, and so a lot of that, uh, Shane and Eric, has to do with be, being the right kind of person so that I can do the right kind of things and subsequently affect those people who are around me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great, Sean. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Sean, what, yeah. why don't um, we really appreciate you coming on. Why, why don't you let everybody know how they can uh, learn more about you, where they can find your book and um, this isn't awesome. your, your only book, right? You've written another, no, written another book? No, okay. no, man. In fact, I'm, I'm releasing my eighth book uh, coming up here, September the 3rd. My eighth book is called Sean McBride's 52 Object Lessons for Pastors, Teachers, and Parents. It's a book that has to do with uh, object lessons and learning to communicate with visuals. But I've written mm. uh, eight books so far. And uh, you can find those books at truthforyouthamerica.org, truthforyouthamerica.org. 
You can also go to Amazon and then type in my name, Sean McBride, and you can see those books there that I've written. Mm -hmm. I've written some books for teenagers. I've written some books for parents. And then I've written some books just for, uh, you know, general audiences like that. So whether you're a parent, a teenager, or just some, someone in general, you can definitely learn some things from the different uh, resources that I've put out there. That's awesome. And I know that you do a lot of speaking engagements, and uh, I see I see yeah. you all the time on, on Instagram and on Facebook, and you're all over the place doing a bunch of different things, and uh, that's really... Now, are you teaching at all anymore? No, not teaching anymore, mm-hmm. at least not in a formal setting. Um, I, I got five children, so I'm, I'm, I'm teaching them informally. Five children? <laughs> <laughs> You but, have five uh, in fact, of them? I, mean, uh-huh. I have five children, man, <laughs> uh, between the ages of – my oldest is a foster child. She's 29. Mm. And then my wife and I together have a 20-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 14-year-old. Wow. And so, and so my quiver is full. So I still do a lot of speaking. I travel. In fact, I'm doing this uh, interview from Arizona. I, I spent the weekend with about 200 guys on a men's retreat up in uh, Arizona near the Grand Canyon. And so I I get around. I love communicating. I love encouraging people. I love helping people, you know, using words creatively. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely get around. You can get more details at that website, truthforyouthamerica.org, truthforyouthamerica.org. That's great. Well, Sean, thank you so much for for taking some time and for uh, talking about uh, friendships and relationships. We really appreciate it, and and I, you're doing awesome stuff. I see see you all over the place doing some really cool things. So, and thanks for thanks for teaching me. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, bless you, man. <laughs> bless you, Shane. Thank you, guys, for this podcast, Shane and Eric, for what you guys are doing to try to reach people. I, I really uh, pray that you guys have great success and and can have some some shows like this, man, that can really help people. So thank you all for what you do, and thank you for giving me the chance to come on today. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.